Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast, where you'll hear right from the source how people like you have been able to buy and build their businesses across different industries all over the country. Dan Claps is the co-founder of Career Transition Leads, Nurture Assist, and Find a Business Online. Christian Dadalak is a franchise consultant with Find a Business Online, and he heads up business development for Career Transition Leads and Nurture Assist. He also runs an independent franchise consulting business, The Franchise Guys. Together, they formed relationships with hundreds of successful business owners who are excited to share their stories with you. Now, here are your hosts, Dan and Christian. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. Your co-host, Dan Claps, here with my special guest today, Marietta, Marietta Smithinger. How are you, Marietta? I'm great. How are you, Dan? Good to see you again. You as well. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm... Uh, I'm always excited to have guests on. Never excited about doing the intros, though, because I make some uh, <laughs> wonderings. But to give you guys no a quick uh, introduction of, of Marietta, Marietta is the, the founder and CEO of the Franchisorium uh, Ready, Set, Franchise. And she's extremely passionate about teaching entrepreneurs how to convert their already successful business to a happy, profitable franchise model through her system. And she draws on stories and experience from her many years in franchising, actually 25 plus years in franchising um, to help the entrepreneur really navigate the franchise industry. Um, she's an engaging and energetic speaker. Marietta's goal is to share the best practices of successful franchise models and provide practical ways for their audience to apply this information to their own business. Nice to have you on. Yeah, great to be with you. I love talking about this business model. It's such a great way for so many people who are new to entrepreneurship, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. What better way than to do it with a business model that's designed to help you do it, uh, you know, on, on your own, but not by yourself. Yeah. So let's start with 25 plus years. So, I mean, yeah. most people, they don't seek out franchising, <laughs> you know, in, in school or college, they, they, they yeah. find them. So. How totally. Yeah, that's the really, I, I totally can tell you the moment. I know where I was, I was driving on the highway, having a conversation with um, a gal. We were talking on the phone. This is way back. I had a bag top cell phone. So I'll tell you, you probably weren't even born then. But uh, we were talking about what she did and what her job was. And she was actually in the role of a field consultant uh, with a really well-known uh, Canadian franchise organization called Tim Hortons. And uh, some of you may have, some of your listeners may have heard of that brand. And um, I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. And lo and behold, I ended up moving to Ontario, Canada, and uh, from the East Coast of Canada. And I um, was lucky enough to land a job at a, as a field consultant in a, a very well-known Canadian brand called M&M Meat Shops or M&M Food Markets now. And I spent uh, the better part of 15 years there in operational support as well as franchise recruitment. And then I went off and had a baby, came back, and then shortly thereafter was recruited to Dunkin' Brands, which uh, you will know, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Baskin Robbins. And I did development, uh, recruitment and sales for them uh, for Canada for a number of years. And lo and behold, I, uh, about 10 years ago, I uh, left that organization and started my own consultancy. And um, this is where I've been ever since. So 10 years of, of doing this franchise consultancy business yeah. after a career in one of the most established franchisors. Yes. 
Yeah, totally. And uh, when I first started my business, I was kind of doing everything, um, you know, helping emerging franchisors, coaching franchisees, coaching operations teams for franchisors, uh, speaking with franchisees about what was um, being what was successful for them, and then you know helping uh, franchisors really get clear about what they needed to do. So some of that performance improvement, um, and uh, the last probably three or four years, and, and always through that time was doing no bigger projects uh, in the conversion space. But um, about three years ago, I guess, or four years ago now, I really went uh, wholeheartedly into that space. So working with folks who have a successful business and are really wanting to get, uh, to convert their business to a franchise and get FDD ready. And that's really what I do today. That's what uh, my core business is. Gotcha. Leveraging the, the background. Well, I have some, yeah. some interview questions prepared. Um, okay. <laughs> ready to, to, to dive in. Um, what would you say the factors are to contribute to a strong and successful franchise partnership in your experience? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, the franchisor really has to understand what their role is and what their responsibilities are going to be within the relationship. And they need to educate their franchisees around who's going to do what. So really having that clarity. And at the end of the day, I'll say it in very easily, it needs to be both of them attracting and retaining customers, satisfied customers who will refer others. It's a partnership that is based on ensuring that more and more customers are using more and more of your products and services. So it becomes what are we as a franchisor and a franchisee both doing? to attract and retain those customers and ensure that they're satisfied and that they're happy with the products and or services that we're in. And when you can kind of get both of us on the, both the franchisee and the franchisor on the same page, then it's not about an us and them. It's about what are we both doing? Yeah, I, I once heard a um, quote that basically the best franchisors are obsessed with their franchisees bottom line, their profitability. Mm -hmm. they they obsess over that and i think of it in in my experience is i don't have franchisees but with employees i'm obsessed with them making money i, I want to see them right. make as much you know money as, as they can i've been uh, made fun of that maybe uh if it was up to me they'd all have you know rolex watches you know you know giving them too many nothing wrong with that if that's what they want right yeah right but you, you got to be obsessed with your employees succeeding and your, and your customers and in this case yeah. the franchisees the customer Right, right. The franchisee, uh, the fran everything the franchisor does needs to be focused on setting their franchisees up for success. So, you know, the, the, you know, from the profitability to the customer delivery of the products and or services, you know, innovation that the franchisor is going to provide to those franchisees so that they can remain uh, sustainable, enduring, you know, no one wants to be in a brand that, you know, becomes irrelevant. And so we've all heard the blockbuster story where, you know, the product, um, the, the franchisor and the fran they weren't able to to stay current and keep current with a product that was still in demand. And ultimately, you know, they ended up failing. So, you know, when you see franchisors innovating and, you know, franchisees have to know that the franchisor should be a subject matter expert in their particular area. And they're going to do some of that research for the franchisee so that they are, you know, ahead of the curve. And almost able to predict what the customer needs before the customer even knows they need it or want it creating demand for it mm. 
So an example of that might be, you know, like you think about the, the QSR business and, um, you know, the breakfast space, for example. So uh, uh, maybe it's a burger concept, um, you know, a Wendy's who traditionally has had a, you know, a, a lunch and dinner program, but now, you know, understanding there's a demand for a breakfast and they're able to innovate and provide a product to their franchisees based on the consumer demand for it. So, so innovation um, like that for a franchisee. And that's something that uh, if you're in business for yourself, by yourself as a, in a non-franchise business, you may not have access to that kind of innovation and technology to, to know or trend even to know that that's coming down the pipeline. Interesting. So, you know, listening to the franchisee and being involved. What do you see You're working with lots of emerging and potential emerging franchisors? We talked about what makes a good one. Um, but yeah. What do you see? What are the common mistakes you see potential yeah. and, and emerging franchisors make? Yeah, I think it's underestimating on many different levels, underestimating how much time it's going to take for them to, you know, retain their first franchisee underestimating how much of their energy and resources are going to have to go into actually even creating the franchise offering. I call it the UFP, the unique franchise um, pro uh, proposition that you're offering to your franchisees, getting real clarity around that. They underestimate the, um, the dollars that are going to be the investment that's going to be needed, the capital that's going to be needed, the human capital, as well as the dollars that's going to take to actually get their business ready uh, and to continue to support that business until it becomes mm. royalty positive, right? So it's not like it's a long game, right? Your franchise need to know they're in the long game. So it's not a, you know, lay on the beach, get rich quick type of business model. It really is based on the success of your franchisees. And if you can ensure and you're really committed to those early franchisees, especially early on being successful, that's going to help you create that momentum to keep going forward. But, you know, it's underestimated, it's often underestimated how long it will take to get that first franchisee, to get to royalty positive, the capital, human and financial that would be required. Gotcha. I, like any business, right? Underestimating the amount of funding that you, you need. Because really starting a franchise system is starting another business. It's totally starting another yeah. business. Totally. They absolutely are starting another business. So even, even underestimating their role as a franchisor, they're actually stepping out of the day-to-day -day operations. They're stepping into a leadership role as a franchisor. So even understanding how they as a franchisor are going to need to evolve, removing from day-to-day, -day, now leading and actually teaching others to do what they've done in their business versus being in the day-to-day -day of, their, of their current or initial operations. Right. And understanding. So they come to you, they want to franchise their business. Mm -hmm. um, my experience with working with someone who wants to franchise their business is they think this is the next orange theory. This is the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes come to the marketplace to, um, to realize that they really had the big leagues of, of business. Um, yeah. How do you help them determine if they are ready to franchise or not? Well, it's what you said very early on. It's all about the profitability. Uh, you know, franchising your business is not going to make it profitable. It needs to be profitable. In fact, it needs to be exceptionally profitable or highly profitable, more profitable than other businesses in the same space, because you have to have that extra cushion or room for the, for the royalty that's going to ideally mm -hmm. be remitted to the franchisor. So it all starts with exceptional profitability. 
Um, oftentimes that means that they've solved, solved a common problem within that particular business. Maybe, you know, often it could be maybe it's around supply chain, innovation around product. Uh, maybe it's, uh, they've solved a problem around, um, you know, hiring folks to, or retaining, you know, maybe it's around that human capital piece, which so many uh, franchisors are struggling with today, you know, finding enough people to be able to actually run their operations. Perhaps they've solved a problem around that, but whatever it is, they've got a proven business model that is exceptionally profitable. And now they're able to duplicate and share that with other people who mm -hmm. want to join their business. Right. I mean, I, I, I look at, you know, you hit it on the head. I mean, you need, when I look at a franchise, I look at it from the leadership team, the mm -hmm unique selling proposition that they bring to the market, as you mentioned, um, the financials and the item 19, um, and, and really are, are the franchisees happy? You know, are they- That's know, a, yeah, totally. Well, in the case of happy? when they are a franchise in this- Yeah, you know. yeah, and are they making money, right? Your, your, your franchisees, people who are coming to join that business, they're gonna validate more likely with the existing franchisees than with the franchisor. Right. It's interesting. Like I, I always like to ask a business owner, what what do you hate about this business? Because everyone's got something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in yeah. any business I've ever owned, there was the three things I loved, and there was that one thing that really bothered you. And can you either deal with it, or can you hire someone else to deal with it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you live with it? Right. Like, is it is it a barrier to you proceeding or staying in the business? And sometimes the answer is, if it isn't, it's maybe it's time to even leave the business, you know, and then we're even, I mean, I know this isn't, you know, that's the whole other, you know, that refranchise space. So it's a whole other, and, you know, as a franchisor, you know, there is often a certain amount of career counseling that kind of comes with that, right? That sometimes it's time for people to, people enter and leave franchises fairly often. Most franchise systems would have a certain element of their franchisees who are ready to to uh, exit and a, a good franchisor has a solid exit plan for those people or yeah, will we, help we were, them. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started the, the, the yeah. episode. Um, you know, if I think about being a franchisor, you have to be okay with someone coming from a totally different industry, never made, probably mm -hmm. never owning a business before but telling you who's been doing this business maybe 20 years as the franchise founder uh, that you're wrong and they know better than you and you have to figure out a way to listen to them and then still get them to believe in your, you know, buy into your, your process. That's, that's not for everyone. No, totally. In fact, what, what I would, what I'll say to someone who's thinking about that, and I've talked to tons of friends, colleagues, you know, I've been at many franchise shows and I'll say franchising is not for everyone. It really isn't for everyone. It, you know, if you're highly entrepreneurial, you're probably going to be really unhappy in a franchise system. You may find the confines of that franchise system are just not for you. And you probably would be better off to go and start Bob's Burgers versus, you know, joining a McDonald's. And that's a win for everybody if that's, you know, if that's the choice that, um, that you make, right? So, so I think you're right. Like, I think even going through the, the recruitment selection process, which, um, you know, I've done with many franchisees, you know, it's really educating them and helping them understand managing their expectations, again, over roles and responsibilities, what's going to be their role, and what's going to be the role of the franchisor, and, and understanding, this is what I signed up for. No one holds a gun to your head to sign a franchise agreement. This is what you've signed up for. 
But I do think the onus is on a franchisor to make sure that they are properly educating the leads, the prospects that you bring to them around the franchise. First of all, around the franchise business model, generically understanding what a franchise is, because you know, the people who come to see you early on, there's an education that has to go with that, right? They, they don't necessarily understand the model right off the bat. And I think a good franchisor is gonna help them uh, learn a little bit about the model before they, and a little bit about the goals and motives of that person before they even start talking about the offering they have as a franchisor. I find uh, franchisors, you know, there's this, this way of presenting owning a business as it'll be semi-absentee, no problem, hire a manager <laughs> and go to the beach. And yeah. don't get me wrong, you can build that. But I find that, you know, you need to be realistic that that will take time. For um, sure. Even if I'm not saying you can't keep your job and run and start a business, but you're going to have that uh-oh call on a Sunday that, you know, you don't yeah. want to hear your manager's quitting or you're going to yeah. have that problem customer. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it remote, that's fine, but it's going to be a part of the, the first few months or years of your business. You know, and, and I think that's a really great point. And I think that, you know, when you're first joining a franchise as a franchisee, and especially with emerging franchisors, you know, you're right fit franchisees, that person's going to evolve and change mm -hmm. as your brand evolves and changes, right? So you look at a Duncan Brands, they're not probably interested in someone who doesn't have QSR experience, who doesn't have, you know, a high net worth and is able to commit to opening five locations, right? Whereas a smaller new emerging franchise system is probably looking for, you know, what we would call like the mom and pop, the owner operated, where, you know, you're in the business every day, you know, especially in the early days, because, yeah you know, you're building the business and eventually, you know, you'll be able to maybe replace yourself within the day-to-day -day operations and maybe you can go on and have a multiple locations. I mean, that would be the ideal game plan for most franchisors is to have a franchisee with multiple units. That's definitely um, what, what uh, makes the most sense. But in most brands, I mean, again, it depends on the brand, the size of the brand, the intricacies and, and you know, the system. But for an early emerging franchisor, it usually is that mom and pop. And, and it's probably their first foray into becoming an entrepreneur, into to, mm. to, um, getting into business for themselves, like taking that experience that they've had, whether it's a corporate or, you know, corporate experience, you know, some of the skill set that they've developed and now taking it and using it for their own uh, wealth generation or their own skills. What do you so so let's talk about that for, for a moment. Um, yeah. one of the experiences that I, I like to think about is no matter what, and there's obviously outliers, but usually um, stages of your career, mm -hmm. people kind of do have patterns, right? Yeah. So I like to think about myself when I was um, earlier in my career, I was and I'm still guilty a little bit. I hope it'll it'll more and more I'll rid myself of this, but guilty of moving too fast, too aggressive, too fast, uh, not as patient. Yeah. As you get more seasoned, you, you, you start to, uh, I think, usually acquire that skill more. Uh, with that, though, someone who's seasoned in their career may sometimes may not want to get as gritty and hands dirty. I, like, you know, and so I always think about when we're talking to um, candidates in the franchise development side, um, they'll say, well, I've been managing employees. I have a team of a hundred, right? And mm -hmm. that's great. Those skills are transferable. 
Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, you were managing executives. Yeah. Or, you know, now you're going to be managing maybe maybe teenagers in a, in a, in a fitness location or, you know, yes. uh, what do you advise to franchise, you know, candidates in that scenario? I think that they need to be really fully aware of what they're getting into. And I think again, you know, having a qualification process that allows them even to spend some time doing what they're going to be doing, like make sure that you get a chance to spend some time behind the counter or within a location where you're, you know, can you see yourself doing this for the next 10 years? And you want to really get the good, the bad and the ugly, right? Like that's how you can make an informed business decision. I mean, truly the whole recruitment selection process is around helping them make an informed business decision for them to join your franchise and for you to invite them to join your franchise system. It's really all about making sure it's a match. It's a goals motive match. Yeah, just think about like, you know, you're a business owner, you opened a location of, you know, uh, five locations of a gym, let's say. Yeah. And, you know, your morning, 9 a.m., you're on the phone with a, a trained CPA professional. And then 10 a.m., you've got an interview with uh, an 18-year-old that's working in between high school and college. And then you're dealing with a light bulb that went out sometimes. And yeah. then you're back to a, a professional meeting. Like, yeah, kind of all over the place as a business owner. And that's, that's part of probably what, uh, I don't know, that's what I like about being an entrepreneur is that diversity, that, that changing, you know, no two days are the same. And, and I think that, you know, that does appeal to a lot of folks who want to get into that entrepreneurial space. I think you also said something else that made me kind of think about, you know, you're saying about how you're what it's basically acknowledging how you're wired, right? Like, you know, you're probably very much a quick start, right? Like you're kind of like quick to jump in. And that's just kind of acknowledging how you're wired too. I don't know if you actually, this might be the bad news. I don't know if you actually settle down, right? Like if you, that's how you're wired, like you can't fight the river, right? Like same with your franchise candidates, right? Like they, a franchisor needs to know who they are and, you know, somehow have some way of evaluating them so that they can get a sense of who they are, how they're wired, so they, they can even go, you know, franchisees will tell you lots of things they think you want to hear, but a good franchisor will be able to kind of figure out if there are other things that maybe they're not saying, but maybe it's how they think, how they operate. So kind of having a way of, of knowing, you know, what's your true essence? What really does get you excited? And, and um, how are you truly wired? Acknowledging that and working with that, not fighting it. You know, it's, it's, I, I couldn't agree more. It's controversial or people, you know, often don't think this way, but the reality is if you're weak somewhere, you can obviously improve it, but don't yeah. focus too much on it. Focus on where you're strong. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they are, you know, they're visionary, they're big picture, they're mm-hmm. relationships. But they're Futuristic. Yeah. All of those. Yeah. And then they can I don't find know. someone to compliment that. Yeah. And in a franchise, I mean, you want them to be, I think about it as that, and you're describing a true entrepreneur. I think a franchisee is an entrepreneur. So there's someone who gets that there's a big picture. They're not interested in creating the big picture. They're more interested. And, and I, look, I look at the wheel analogy where, you know, you think about a wheel, right? There's spokes on a wheel. So the franchisor is going to create all the spokes and all, you know, like how do we attract customers? How do we market? How do we do our branding? How do we create products? They're creating the wheel and all of the spokes. The role of the franchisee is actually to truly do that, roll it out in their local market. The franchisor is probably not looking for them to add spokes or change up the spokes on the wheel. 
They want someone who can actually jump into the business and learn how to do. I think the most important piece of it is generally local marketing, right? Like how can you build relationships in your local market and build awareness of your brand in your local market, loyalty in your local market, attract customers from your local market who want to do business with you. And it's really about how well can you take this proven operating system and implement and execute in your local market? You don't even need to create it. You're just implementing. How good of an implementer are you? Yeah, building to execute on on a plan and and follow it. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to spending all your time and energy creating it, you've got, you're paying the franchisor through your franchise fee for access to their business model, what they've created. So why would you pay money for that and then want to go and change it all? And then get into, you know, usually, you know, knocking heads with a franchisor. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, meanwhile, you've signed a 10-year agreement, right? Like, that's not any fun for anybody. That's like no fun. There's nothing worse than not having the same, you know, at the end of the day, your franchisor is your business partner, and you need to have the same vision, and you need to have the same direction. And once you start drifting apart, it's exactly that. That drifting continues, like, you know, when you're, I I always think of the summer when I'm out, uh, if I'm on a boat, and you jump in the the water and the boat just so fast you see it you know you, you swim back towards it you know you know that have that analogy happen to you but drifting works that way and, and if you're drifting away from your franchise or uh and if you're drifting away from your franchise or before you even sign the franchise agreement then yeah. that's really not going to be a good it's partnership it's that goals motive match right it's up to the franchisor to get the prospective franchisee to understand what are their goals and motives for joining this business and are they in alignment? Are you a culture fit for the brand or not? And if you're not, well, let's do ourselves both a favor and choose not to engage or not to connect and not to move forward with the transaction. I think, you know, and you were kind of coming a little bit full circle when we talked about exit strategy too. Like every good franchisor also knows how to help a franchisee remove themselves from the franchise system with grace for the most part people leave franchise systems all the time for many different reasons and a good franchisor will have a have some way to help them do that with you know in some method of, method of helping them do that i actually i think it's a it's a place That's where a uh, yeah it's it's not it should be focused on more you know franchisee often don't mm-hmm. really I think they're thinking about, I want to replace my income and own my own business. And they forget about the, the exit and the potential opportunity financially yeah. for them. Um, that's, you know, really, if you think about a business, that's you know, going to be their, their majority of their retirement. Because a lot of these candidates had rolled their retirement into the new business. Right. They need to be able to get a return on that investment when they leave. And that should be primary. That should also be part of what a franchisor wants because yeah. again you know like what's the return on my investment you know what's the times earning when I go to leave the system so as much as we want to focus on bringing them in a good franchisor will also focus on helping them exit the system when it's time right and new franchisees new blood new money that's also good for the franchisor as well right having new mm. people come in I know uh, when I did I did a fair uh, fair number of refranchise transactions we saw a general lift in sales of 20 percent or more when we brought in a new franchisee. Just that new money, new blood was just enough to really lift yeah. uh, sales, right? Like new it's energy, crazy, yeah. but 
Yeah. Yeah. How do our listeners that are interested in talking to you more get in touch? What's the best way? Yeah, the best way is uh, you can visit our website, ascendfranchise.com. You can reach out to me there. You can email me if you like, Marietta, M-A-R-I-E-T-T-A at ascendfranchise.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with you there. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers it all. Excellent. Marietta Snessinger, very, very, thank you for having uh, the time, taking the time to join us today. It's been a great time. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. And I love talking about this model. I was so thrilled when you invited me to join you. And I hope this is of value to your listeners and uh, the franchise community in, in general. 